0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, my name is Will. I get the fun and distinct honor and privilege of bringing you another episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot, but I am joined by two of the coolest co-hosts I know. I'm joined by the Roscoe Bros. Say hi, gentlemen.
1: Hello, it is us again, the Roscoe Brothers. I am, of course, the elder of the Roscoe Brothers, Jingles Roscoe, here with my and younger and brother.
2: the younger, Smite Roscoe. Woo-hoo. Hello, Will. Hello, hey.
0: Alright, so first things first, I want to officially bare my soul for just a minute uh, and say thank you to the Rasco Bros. Uh, they provided me with a very cool, awesome uh, birthday present. They sent me a podcasting microphone that I'm currently using. So hopefully as uh, that's the case, then uh, we're going to get a whole lot better audio quality from us going forward, uh, me in particular and as far as they, that goes so I want to thank them personally on the broadcast for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, you're welcome. It was a a birthday present as uh Will is now uh, another
2: year older and another year wiser. Big big fat question mark on that.
0: Well, I'm 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 working on it. <laughs> <laughs> uh I heard it in a song years ago. Uh I uh they keep asking me if I'm trying to take over the planet. My answer is no, nah, but I'm getting better at it. Hmm. So, but anyway, we're going to do some talking about a couple of things today. First things first, we're going to talk a little, uh, just a little bit of Matrix Four trailer uh, for Matrix Resur- Matrix Four Resurrections. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk about some shifts in the wrestling world. Uh, and then we're going to get into some of Shang-Chi, and then the gentlemen have some wonderful questions and such for me, as it's my birthday, as I've done with them. Uh, They're going to do that to me, so that's fine and perfectly cool, and I hope it's great for you guys, and you get to learn a little bit more about us as you listen to these episodes. So first things first, Matrix 4 Resurrection. Let's talk about it, trailer. Um, Lawrence Fishburne is not back as Morpheus, and no one knows why, except for Lawrence Fishburne, who's really doesn't know why himself he just says hey ask me why i'm not a part of this because nobody ever asked me if i wanted to be so but we know kind of why i mean the whole point of resurrections is is that a lot of the characters have been resurrected to different people different versions of those same people like there's a version in the trailer of the uh oracle there's a new version of the trailer for the uh, architect because uh, it's either Neil Patrick Harris' character or the guy at the very end of the trailer. Because they're both of their pe- speaking patterns, seem very similar to the architect that was in the original Matrix films. Vis <laughs> <Ergo. laughs> um, a vis, concordantly. Ergo. Justin.
2: Statistic anomaly. Justin.
0: <laughs> Justin, I'm sorry I had to use my big boy voice. But he upset me. <laughs> And oh my gosh, that's one of the greatest Matrix parodies I've ever seen in my life. MTV Video Awards years ago did a parody of The Matrix with Justin Timberlake and Sean was it Sean Williams Scott from American Pie as the two I guys. Remember? And then like the actual keymaker, the guy that played the keymaker was in the in the skit. And then Will Ferrell shows up as the architect. And like Wanda yeah. Sykes is in it, and at one point she's trying to get uh, Justin Timberlake to dance with her. And all this crazy stuff. and <laughs> It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. Um, but apparently Neo has been reincarnated to look like John Wick. Or the older Keanu Reeves. And uh, of course Carrie Ann Moss is back as Trinity. Even though she doesn't remember who she is at the very beginning. Or at least in the beginning of the trailer. So I get the funny feeling that they've both been put back in the Matrix. Hence why Neo is taking the blue pills. So, you know, if you remember in the Matrix that you know Neo that uh, Morpheus offered him the red pill or the blue pill. Basically, he took the blue pill. He'd wake up and continue to live the life he was living. Or take the rab- take the red pill, and he'd find out just how deep the rabbit hole goes. So, so and that's sisters
2: where are the the reference for based in red pills comes from. Yep. Yeah. So it's just, the worst. It's pretty bad.
1: Yeah. So
0: so what did you? What? It, it, just let me shut up talking now. What did you guys think of the trailer?
1: <laughs> oh, I have a I have a very short answer to that. Okay. And
2: I have a longer answer to that.
1: My very short answer is um, I don't think that this movie needs to exist. The only reason that it does exist is because it's they're just cashing in more money on. The idea of the matrix um the the third matrix film ended in a pretty definitive way um so them bringing it back is it's kind of like pacific rim 2 how they're like at the end of pacific rim 1 hey we did it ggs but then uh in pacific rim 2 they're like oh i guess we didn't do it and oh it's worse and oh this and that and it kind of does like character assassinations to
2: no some no of the characters it's not it's not that it's not like uh, oh well, we didn't do it it was uh, oh we did it and now this idiot is gonna undo it right well, <laughs> and now they we're still coming through and we anyway we gotta do it again
1: there was a lot of it was it was really bad um and it wasn't even like bad it was just boring it was bad i'll say it was bad all right, I can respond. Spider can defend that movie. I'm, I am really i don't, don't want like to
2: defend it. that movie. I just want it to be, be plainly known that its worst quality is that it's uninspired.
0: Mm. And, and no, also it's bad. And no Idris but 2 out of 10.
1: Two
2: out yeah, of 10. no, but, I mean,
1: how can you do that? He was dead. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> he still, they could have done a flashback. <laughs> they could have done a flashback. But, I mean, you know, we got uh, Finn in there instead, so that's fine, I guess. Um, Anyway, I I personally, uh, I've always respected the Matrix films as far as uh, they have very interesting concepts and very interesting world-building. But as a whole, I've always thought that the execution and story and stuff was very uh, boring and very, like, Um, trying to be more clever than it actually is Um, and that's how I felt about the Matrix for a very long time and I'm probably in the minority for that and that's I'm totally fine with being a minority but um, as far as like character writing and and story building and stuff like that goes for uh, the Matrix franchise I've always just been very meh about it I've never been uh, I've never thought that it was like amazing or anything Mm -hmm. I always thought it was just passable at best Um, so like, I'm very much like, I don't, we didn't need to continue this story. Um, and if they're doing like a parallel world thing, then that would explain that we don't know what's going on. We don't know what their explanation is going to be. We don't know what the Wachowskis have in, in store for this thing. Um, I also noticed that only Lana's the one that's, uh, directing this. Yeah, I think the uh, other sister,
0: together, the other sister is no longer involved. I think she's involved in name only because it was both of their original ideas, but uh I know that the other sister has not been involved in movies and things like that for a while. She's doing I think she's an activist now.
1: That would make sense. Um so yeah, I'm not expecting anything amazing from this because I don't consider the originals to be anything amazing aside from visuals and world building i think the visuals and world building are the best parts about those movies and then everything else is just kind of a seven out of ten at best Mm -hmm. so um that's how i feel about the matrix series as a whole and as far as this new trailer goes i think uh, the visuals that they were showing off the special effects and stuff i was like this looks really cool aside from that i'm like okay whatever that's how i feel brother
2: That was a much longer answer than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, me too. But you had to explain yourself. Otherwise, people were going to drag you out in the street by your toes. (laughs) And that's totally fine if people want to do that. That's totally fine. uh, I'm a bit more invested in this film because... If you can... I feel like the strongest sequels to any franchise out there answer interesting questions about their own universe and they explore new concepts within that universe that we haven't seen before and one of the best sequels ever is um Empire Strikes Back and that's because it provided us a deeper experience of what Star Wars could be excuse me um and i hope that this new matrix film kind of goes way into some deeper concepts concepts about resurrection, reincarnation. I uh i hope i hope that we end up getting wowed by some really clever world building and i i'm looking forward to seeing what sort of special effects or what sort of set pieces they end up working with I'm not gonna hold my breath to the concept of okay well they did this one great thing in Matrix 1 so they should do it again they should come. They should wow us on the same level that they did in this new one and I'm not gonna hold it I'm not gonna hold that up to the film mm-hmm. that stuff's way too hard to predict uh, but I, I am looking forward to seeing how they address the nature of reboots and sequels. Because it looks like they're going to be trying to do that. Right. Because just by the trailer itself, it feels like a reboot to the first film.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But you could also get really, really, really deep and trippy with that. And that's what I want to see. I want to see where it like. Toes the line between. A sequel and a reboot. And a sequel and a reboot. I want to see it get really nuts with it. And. I'm looking forward to it.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It says that Lily wasn't involved in the film. Due to her work on the series. Work in progress. But gave her blessing to those involved to come up with a story even better than the original. And this was back in um, 2019. Hence why Lana Lana has come back as the primary director for it. Um, And then it does talk about the fact that Lawrence Fishburne later announced that he was not asked to apply his role as Morpheus. So that's all we really know on that. Um yeah, I will simply say that um this is my hot take of it all. I honestly didn't need any I didn't need any of the movies past the first one. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. like the first one broke so much ground. But I mean when Neo flies off at the end and it literally he's saying, I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find all the people that have been imprisoned by your lies and I'm gonna set them free. That's all I needed to see. They could mm-hmm. have literally did nothing else, and I'd have been cool with that.
2: Agreed. I
1: also agree.
2: But yeah. then yeah, they it's got it's a great ca- it's a great ending that caps off the current drama and the current story arc, while still just leaving it open ended enough that you could have left it there.
0: Mm-hmm. But then, of course, they did the animatrix, and then they did the, then they did the second one, then they did the video game. And then they did eventually did the third one and they did The Matrix Online, which is apparently where Morpheus died. They killed Morpheus in the online video game that hardly anybody played. So that's another reason why I'm sure that was their way of basically not having to bring Lawrence Fishburne back and that was a way of reincarnating him, quote unquote, to... Uh,
1: I can neither confirm nor deny. Because no. I don't know. Because... I I watched the first two movies. I don't think I've ever finished the third one. Um but I've I've started watching it like a number of times. And I beat Enter the Matrix, which is a game that I actually really enjoyed. Um but aside from that, um
0: By the way, Jada I, Jada Pinkett Smith is coming back as Niobe. Cool. So.
2: You see, this is what I mean when I'm when I'm saying dance the line, make it weird, get really strange with it, with the idea of, like, some people are the same, some people are different. What's happening? And get really nuts with it. I'm of the opinion
1: that uh, if they want to do that, cool, whatever. Uh, I don't think they need to build more on the mystique and the weirdness of it the the only thing that i want more than anything else is good character writing and good story writing which mm-hmm. i don't believe that they've done very well yeah their up character to this work
2: is is easily
1: the weaker parts of the films so uh, i think their their high concept weirdo stuff i think they do fine already um if they want to do more cool but maybe could we work on character a little bit I, but i love that high concept weirdo stuff yeah but at the expense of character no
2: i just want <laughs> i just want the melting <laughs> clock painting everywhere
1: ah the persistence of memory yes and the just cave that but and, all the time and the cave dance parties. Yeah, and the cave raves.
0: I did the cave raves. You
2: didn't like the cave raves, man? Whatever. <laughs> you guys don't know anything about film. I <laughs> <laughs> know a little bit about writing. <laughs> you guys have never seen a movie ever. I've never once. Oh, seen. Wow. A movie. Never once. Have never. Never seen have we
0: talked a about a film at all on this podcast, <laughs> unless you guys talk about.
2: <laughs> and that's why I. And that's why I would get crucified on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he that's, said they've never seen a movie, but they've talked about movies all the time.
0: Yep. Not realizing the I, love of the joke.
2: But No, uh, Jingles is right, though, about uh, the character work for the films. It's been, I mean, even when I was younger, I always was weirded out by how stiff a lot of stuff felt from the characters themselves. The actors naturally given it their all, but still, it seemed strange for me at the time. Yeah. Um,
0: and so we'll see. I mean, of course, here's the funny thing I didn't realize at the time about it. The film was initially supposed to release in May of 2021, uh, which would have premiered alongside John Wick Chapter 4. However, the film was postponed to April 1st, 2022, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. On October the 5th, 2020, the film was moved to December 22nd, 2021. The film is set to be the final film for Warner Brothers Pictures to have simultaneous release on HBO Max streaming service for one month as part of the studio's plans for all of its 2021 theatrical films. As Warner Brothers will discontinue the release model in 2022 in favor of a 45-day exclusive theatrical window as part of the new agreements in the studio reached with Sin World, which owns Regal, Regal Studios and AMC Theatres. So... Basically this will be the of course being on December 22nd I mean it, you know, I don't know there's another they didn't have another movie planned in the month of December you know so yeah it'll be interesting to see how it goes I mean I'm I'm always down to watch a Keanu movie you know I even watched a Keanu movie that didn't have Keanu in it so the
1: the movie the movie title Keanu
0: The movie title Keanu Kean Peel and the
1: cat Peele, Peel mm. <laughs>
0: One of the greatest piano movies that never didn't have piano in it ever.
2: <laughs> I uh, think it might be the only one. I creatively <laughs> disagree with that joke, but I respect your moxie. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> Speaking of moxie, which one are we with, John Moxley? Uh, let's go roll over into some uh, wrestling news and talk a little bit about. I think
1: we really need to give Will more credit for his ability to segue. Like that. yeah, that's true. Yeah,
2: I think I think you're right. Everybody
1: that's listening to the podcast, if you are in the Facebook group, just say to Will, just be like, "Hey, great segues,
2: great segue." Yeah, just drop that line on him one time. Great if segue. you get just take time out of your day, just type in, "Hey man, great segue." I, I try. <laughs> So while we're rolling along over to AEW, yes, all rolled up in our blankets, I assume Mm -hmm. all elite, all to all elite wrestling. Yes, some stuff has been happening.
0: Yes, a lot, a lot of interesting moves have been made. Uh, The chess pieces and checker pieces have been moved a lot. Uh, Mister Philip Brooks, A.K.A. CM Punk, officially has made his way to the AEW. Along with others, including one Miss Ruby Riot, uh, AKA now currently Ruby Soho, uh, who ended up women to women's battle royale as the Joker, and she will be facing Doctor Britt Baker for her women's championship over there. And I think that's really cool, Doctor
1: Britt.
2: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD.
0: Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. That's correct. Don't do
2: it! Don't do it, Ruby. She'll take your teeth.
0: I I need, look, man, I just, I want to see them do something really good with Ruby because I've always wished for something like when she was in WWE as part of the riot squad, it ain't even when the riot squad was slowly getting broken up because it was like, okay, so Sarah Logan's gone. We fired her. Okay. Uh, Then, you know, we got the, you know, we, we got Ruby Riot and they just had her basically slumming it to lose to other people. And eventually, they let her go, and the only one that they got left out of that group is Liv Morgan, and I'm pretty sure the only reason why she's still there is because she's blonde. Because Vince loves blondes, for some reason.
2: But, um, it's did you see how like, absolutely blown away and grateful Ruby looked when she came onto the stage?
0: I heard the crowd lose their minds when she hit the stage, and then her being grateful for that, and Her even getting interviewed after the fact, talking about, "I've never walked out in a crowd and heard that kind of applause. I've never heard that kind of love (laughs) from a crowd."
2: Yeah,
0: and I'm just like, I think that's so that says something. It really does.
2: I think that's so cool. And I mean, if you go back and you rewatch some of that, it looks like she's about to cry.
0: She's Mm -hmm. so
2: moved by all of it.
0: Well, I know she was kind of crying when she was in the interview later too. So, oh yeah, you know she she definitely was uh, hyped. And excited and like I said, I just hope to see them do really well with her because I knew like I saw her wrestle in a lot of matches and I mean I don't I didn't get to watch her much on the Indies. I did get to see a few matches after she got in the WWE. I was like, this girl can go. But of course when you've got your Charlotte Flairs and you've got your Becky Lynch's and you put your whole storylines around those two or your Sasha Banks's or your Baileys and everybody else kinda falls to the wayside if you're not one of those four women then, you know, what can you do? You know, but I hope mm-hmm. she does well. But she was not the only person that showed up at AEW. No, no, no. As a matter of fact, uh, Kenny Omega uh, came out during the pay-per-view during, uh, was All Out. I just want to make sure that's right yes, name. Yes, it, it was out. All Out. So they came out at All Out, and basically he said, there's nobody on this roster that can beat me said it. it, anybody it should be
2: noted that he just got done with his match with christian Christian
0: change yes and right
2: afterwards he's all like oh nobody can beat me
0: yep he said they're either he said because they're either tired they're either done or they're, they're already dead and all of a sudden this music popped and here comes adam cole baby and
2: Adam Cole famous
0: face Adam Adam Cole famous dude who almost became Keith Lee's manager
2: <laughs> so he so Adam Cole shows up, and we're all like, oh cool, Adam Cole is here, Adam's been a face for a long time,
0: and then Adam immediately becomes a heel,
3: <gasps> ah, how could he? <laughs>
2: Yeah. He immediately becomes a face, and the elite all gather around him, and they give him heel. smooches, and I'm all like, you know what, Adam, good for you. Yeah. immediately becomes a heel, you said face.
0: Yeah.
1: He,
2: oh, yeah, I guess so.
0: Well, I mean, in WWE, he pretty much was a heel anyway because he had the whole Undisputed Era thing going on. Gotcha. And so, yeah, but we, we kind of knew that it could be that he could be coming back to the elite world for sure because, of course, he was in the elite in New Japan. And so um, he came back, and then they were laughing and yucking it up. But all of a sudden, the Flight of the Valkyries came on in the background, and then it got a hip hop transfusion. And who shows up? But the American Dragon, Brian Danielson.
2: Don't you mean Daniel Bryan?
0: Well, Daniel Bryan was his WWE name, Brian Danielson was his government name,
2: <laughs> it's, his go- it's his Christian name. <laughs>
0: he was the American <laughs> dragon dang it
2: <laughs> and and he quote, showed up and he to, lent a hand to quote uh, the great JR my god it's Brian Danielson
0: <laughs> I'm just like you know what That that's beautiful that's beautiful that's all I needed to hear in my life was JR just being excited about Brian Danielson showing up I was just like yes finally we have a JR moment with Brian Danielson that was just I mean, he was around for the yes movement for a little bit this is before he ended up getting let go by WWE himself, but it's just to hear him talk about Brian Danielson again. It's just a beautiful thing.
2: Oh yeah. So it's it's really sweet watching these uh, bigger WWE superstars showing up and moving into AEW and listening to the old commentators because it sounds like, and I know this is gonna sound like dram- like overly dramatic, but it sounds like like. Uncles and older brothers welcoming the welcoming kids back home.
0: Mm-hmm. I can see that.
2: Yeah, it always sounds like a family reunion.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I know uh, they were talking about when Ruby showed up. Uh, I think Christian and Matt Hardy and a whole bunch of people that were in the locker room around her during the time she was in wwe i showed up. like they she didn't just walk into the thing in the backstage like she walked in they were all kind of sitting in line to hug her as she was coming in and i just thought that was so cool um yeah and i mentioned this a little bit i didn't really get wasn't really able to get into it so apparently wwe vince had a meeting with adam cole uh to try to get him to stay because he liked adam cole of course, we've heard Vince McMahon and a lot of people in then being gone six weeks later, or less. Uh, but anyway, so he was like, I like you, I want to see you stay. You know, I've got this really cool idea for you, and Adam Cole was like, well, what's the idea? He said, we've been trying to figure out what to do with Keith Lee. He says, here's what we want you to do. We want you to come in as a manager for Keith Lee. He's like, you want me to come in for a dude who held the NXT and the North American Championship that I feuded with? It's like, well, yeah. It's like, oh, and we got to change your last name to Michael Cole because we don't want people to get confused between Adam Cole and Michael Cole. He was just like, he he was like, I almost didn't mind that, even though I felt like it was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. Like, who's going to confuse me with Michael Cole? But the thing that broke the camel's back for him was the fact that, of course, in NXT, he could stream still. Um... And the primary reason why like Shayna Baszler and I think Mia Yim can still stream is because the network that they're under, they built that while they were in NXT. So they kind of let them keep that because WWE is making money off of it anyway. It doesn't really matter. But Adam Cole was like the new contracts that they've got built when they were coming over to the main roster was they were no longer being allowed to get on stream, get on Twitch at all or any third party group. And he said that was a non-negotiable and WWE didn't bend on it. So he didn't either. Which, it's bad on either side. I mean, you, I, some people would say, well, you know, Adam Cole should have just acquiesced. You know, he, he didn't have to stream on Twitch, you know, in order to have a good job. But it's like, obviously, he can have a good job and still stream. Because now he can do both. You know? And it's like, at the same time, I feel like WWE could have been like, you know, maybe we need to relook at this whole third-party thing.
2: Well, they're going to be thinking about that for a while, while uh, we're still enjoying more superstars coming in. Who else did we get?
0: Um, well, we you haven't mentioned Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson said, "Yeah, we haven't gotten any others." There's a whole bunch of rumors about like Bray Wyatt coming in to either AEW or Impact. There's Braun Strowman, who's either going to be coming into AEW or Impact. Mark Henry, who apparently brought him into WWE, right. uh, is trying to get him into um, into AEW, but I know he's doing a video thing with, uh, I can't think of him now, EC3. He's doing some sort of video game, I guess, next weekend. He's doing some sort of pay-per-view right. type thing with, with EC3. And, yeah.
2: so, and we'll see. him. we got to be careful about speculating about who. Where, even right. if it feels like, especially now with how many people are coming into AEW, how likely our guesses are to be. But... Um, I just want to double check that's th- so three big debuts during a pay-per-view event. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense. Yeah. On top of the regular, like almost two hours of wrestling entertainment that you got in that package. Mm-hmm. So good stuff. We're definitely going to have to try to catch up and w- watch more of it. Yeah. Yep. And all yep. three
1: of them have now debuted on Dynamite mm-hmm. and actually this last Dynamite uh outperformed Raw in one specific di- demographic not one not uh in total numbers the so 18 to 48 but in specific in the um 18 to 49 age demographic okay which is like the target audience. Right. And so Dynamite had more 18 to 49-year-olds watching Dynamite than Raw this last week. That's pretty dope.
0: Well, you know, I mean, I will mention this, which is a WWE-specific thing. Vince's attempt to kind of corner the market off of this big stuff, I don't think it bid him quite well because it was a little bit of controversy. So Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar both showed up at SummerSlam. Mm Mm-hmm. Becky Lynch showed up and uh, faced Bianca Belair and took her WWE Women's Championship from her in about 20 seconds.
2: Yay.
0: Uh, Yay. So, of course, they were, everybody was kind of like, so they Kofi Kingston, Bianca Belair, huh? And a lot of people kind of forgot about that, about the fact that, you know, when Brock beat him for the championship, he beat him in like less than a minute. Mm-hmm. Like, it was literally, he jumped in the air, punched Brock in the head once, Brock put him in an F5, F5, and pinned him. And with this one, Becky went to go shake Bianca's hand. He, she, um, she punched her in the face, hit her basically with the, what they call the manhandle slam. I call it the rock bottom, but it looked like the manhandle slam. And, uh, and pinned her in like 20 seconds. And so then Brock came back near the end looking like a Viking in jeans. You know, Mm -hmm. after uh, Roman Reigns beat up on John Cena a bunch. And then here comes Brock, you know, to eventually go up against Roman, which, from what I understand, Demon Finn Balor is coming back to face him at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view. But I'm just like, you know, if you're going to bring back the Demon, why do that when we just know more than likely Roman's going to go over on him? Unless Brock comes in, F5s Roman, and costs Roman the championship.
2: Regardless, it's not good storytelling. I don't feel like it is. No, no, and it's and it's something that they've suffered with. Like we've gone over and over about how bad their storytelling and how bad their booking is right now. By the way, this might tickle the both of you. I uh, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this uh, little bingo card. Uh huh. And it's a bingo card for WWE apologists defending bad booking. Oh, I saw this. I already have seen it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple of them that I uh that I think are pretty cute and I want to share. Like um right next to the free space there's yo, it's better to job to WWE talent than it is to job to AEW talent. Factually untrue. <laughs>
0: well, I will say this AEW at least wins and matters wins and losses matter. You know, because there's actually records that get tied and they actually get factored into who challenges for different belts and things like that. Mm -hmm. Whereas WWE, it doesn't matter what the situation is, it's like 50-50 booking and all this different stuff and people beating champions that shouldn't, you know, and I mean like what was it, I think it was last week or week before last where Nia Jax and Charlotte got so frustrated with each other, they just started wailing on each other for real for a little while.
1: Yep, it was nasty. Yeah,
2: I heard something about, like something about they went full shoot on each other. I yeah, was, they I shot. Don't know if oh, they full shoot. They, they were slapped shooting each other, but they like, really real bad. got in some some actual shots yeah. on each other. Well, it didn't help
0: that Nia Jax almost dropped Charlotte on her neck like twice. <laughs>
2: Nile, Nia Nia needs to stop hurting people,
0: dude. The only reason I feel like she still works with the company is because her cousin is the Rock.
1: It's the wow. only reason Roman's still there, even though that's not even true. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, oh, uh, how about this one? Yo, just wait. and le- Just wait and let the angle play out.
0: Yeah, they yeah. still suck now yeah. I thought it did. I'm sorry.
2: No, no, I, lo- I like that one especially because it's like, yeah, we'll watch the angle play out and then watch the crescendo match, the conclusion to this feud Hit a like a wet fart, yeah yep. gotta
1: be Orton versus fiend, and it'd just be
2: the worst and it just like couple hits, roll over, I'm dead. cool,
0: Bobby Lashley grabs the next dude in the deal for like a hundred years and even you know even though it's like let's just disrespect Kofi Kingston completely and let's just act like he wasn't a world champion at one point.
2: Kofi shot up like a brilliant star for but a moment
0: and then vince shot him down like a puck (laughs) 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 vince is later like okay pull it's like uh you know kofi's on there right pull pull (laughs) things kofi's like what am i doing up here baby (laughs) (laughs)
2: pow i hope biggie catches me something yes
0: that was another Biggie thing. Biggie
2: could not catch him.
0: That's another thing that like, they've been talking about. It's like, okay, so Biggie has, because Biggie's been on SmackDown, and Biggie has the money in the bank. And they're like, well, you know, it seems to me like the storyline would make sense that Biggie would show up on Raw and threaten to cash in on Bobby Lashley because he hurt his boys. And that hasn't happened yet. They keep having him tease it on SmackDown. And I'm just like, and it, they even, he even in an interview said, it would be awesome to cash in on Roman. Because Roman's doing his best work he's ever done or whatever. I'm like, boy, WWE is feeding him so many lines. So many great lines. And I don't know if he really feels about that, about Roman or not, but it just seemed out of place that he would say that. Like, you know, storyline says it would would make sense for him to go after the guy who beat up his friends. I got another one for you
2: guys. Okay. And I'll leave this as the last one before we move on. Yeah, you can share that in our chat later. Oh, absolutely.
1: <laughs>
2: this squash match is to build them up. Yeah.
0: The question to me is always build up who?
2: Like, I remember exactly. what,
0: when Ryback was going around smashing people. And uh, just dude. killing multiple people. And then, like, they ended up having them at the field of punk. And then they went from the field of punk to, like, nothing.
2: Dude, I... <laughs> Ryback is such... <laughs> is such a bizarre monster to me. I I have this biz, I'll straight up say I have this weird fascination with Ryback just because I've I he is the purest example of he like he's good at one thing and that is being a big man and nothing else. Yeah? But he keeps on getting all this extra support, like people coming around him and be like, "No, no, don't worry, Ryback. You don't have to like say all the right things and get the crowd really hyped up and loving you. Uh, just, just, just throw them. Just be really big, Ryback." And then Ryback goes, "Ryback!" and then he goes <laughs> out there and he starts chucking people around, and Ryback thinks he's having a good time, and then you know. He ends up leaving later, and he wants to legally change his name to Ryback, like an idiot. (laughs)
0: Like, it worked for Ultimate Warrior, okay?
2: It did not. No, it did not. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't
0: say it worked as far as the rest of the world. It worked for him.
2: But... Oh uh, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely post this uh, bingo card so that you can check it out later. Will
0: oh, that would be uh, funny. What
2: else do we have?
0: So, uh, Shang Chi has hit the theaters and blew up way past YouTube's and reviewers and other people's expectations, like to the tune of a hundred million dollars explosion. Good stuff. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's been interesting, to say the least. And people people still try to figure out, like, you got a few of them that come back, oh, well, I can admit what I'm wrong, and I really felt like that Marvel had a problem on its hands with Shang-Chi, because nobody knew who it was. But, boy, people are going out there in droves in the movie theaters and watching this movie, and da-da-da-da. Like, who knew that if you took a really good, you know, Marvel concept basically did a martial arts film with a whole bunch of stuff from martial arts lore and you brought it together with characters and stuff that we've been kind of familiarized with in other movies but not really heavily where you needed to have seen those films beforehand um, then yeah you can come up with a really decent movie now granted you know I was like then it, the, the conversation became what well, didn't make as much as Endgame I'm like most movies aren't going to make as much as Endgame <laughs> like yes. most movies shouldn't make that much money in the course of a... <laughs> you know you're talking about what a 20 what a a, a 10 plus year event to 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 get mm-hmm. to that point no most movies shouldn't do what Endgame did most movies shouldn't do what Avatar did either so you know if you're trying if you thought if you thought that Shang-Chi was going to be Avatar or or Endgame it was never supposed to be
1: and to i mean to be fair Avatar shouldn't have been as successful as Avatar was to Right.
0: right. But of course, a lot of people don't realize and remember that they show that movie a lot. Like, that movie went to theaters multiple times to get the record it got. And Endgame did the mm-hmm. same thing, and everybody was like, oh my gosh, they're replaying it just to beat Avatar. You realize Avatar was in theater like four or five times after the initial movie release, right? They're like, ooh. It's like, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, go figure. Play the game. Do what you gotta do. So what did you guys think of the movie overall? What did you enjoy about it? What did you what did you you know? Let's just get
1: into no, that other real quick. First things first, I just wanna say I did not think that the movie was gonna do poorly. I thought the movie was gonna be pro- totally fine. I thought it was gonna be successful. I did not think that I was going to enjoy it because I was expecting a lot from it. Okay. Like when it when it comes to a martial arts film Um, I expect stuff that martial arts films specialize in that American films western films don't do very well i.e. the long shot action kung fu martial arts Um, American movies cut way too much in the action and the same goes for Marvel movies do that a lot and so I was like well we'll have to wait and see and honestly the, the chips were stacked against it as far as like putting things together like you can do everything that it does but you have to be able to stick the landing you have to really nail it in the execution and Shang-Chi does nail it on the execution they did a very excellent job of making very interesting characters a very interesting concept and the martial arts was very very good I was honestly very surprised uh that they decided to hold on many of the takes Mm -hmm. um, and actually show the action as the action was happening. Um, it, It honestly went past my expectations and I really actually really enjoyed the movie. I did not think I was going to enjoy the movie but they did the stuff that I did not think they were going to do. They had good character writing very interesting characters in shang chi himself, as well as Aquafina's character, who I just loved. I thought I did not think I was going to like Aquafina because there's other movies that I've seen that kind of try to do this character that she plays in this movie, and I was all like, "It has to go down into the execution," and then she was just a pure ball of sunshine that I was just
2: like, "Okay, she she's doing it for me." I don't know what it like. There's something in her voice, how it's like kind of raspy. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I hear it and I'm all like, I don't like your raspy voice. And then I hear her talk and I'm all like, I think I really like Aquafina. Yeah.
1: Um, I can see that.
2: And, and, um,
1: yeah, I, I, I kind of was like sold on her, uh, at the very early on in the movie. When they're going and they they land in China and they're being driven around, and she's like looking out the window with like amazement, and she turns around and gives this massive smile to Shang Chi, like I'm having a great time. And when she did that, I was all like, "Okay, Aquafina, you check out. You can you can stick around for the rest of this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're cool. You can hang out with us now. You can hang out with us." And I was like, she played like. I've in so many other movies, there's characters that are just the exact same that she is, except they are insufferably annoying. Mm. But she wasn't. She was delightful. And I feel like that's a line that's hard to to maintain. And she did it. Um, and much of the action in the movie itself was great. I thought the pacing was fine. Uh, no problems there. Music fine. Uh, visuals, I thought were really nice. Um the overall story because once again i know next to nothing about the character of shang chi from the comics so if they did change anything it wasn't going to be something that i think i was going to be bugged by uh the ten rings themselves i would have liked to have um more information on on how they are in the comics that each ring is unique and does something different but in this they're just like magic kung fu rings Mm -hmm. um which is totally fine uh i what I would have liked was something similar to the comics, but what we got, I don't hate, yeah, you know, um because, like I've said before, like the m c u just changes things, and the the question then becomes, are the changes that they make do do they help the story, or do they hinder the story, or do they like not help or hurt in either way? and the changes that they made with the story so like well they haven't established like too much alien technology and like the whole thing with the rings how they are in the comics they haven't really established that for the mcu so this is fine yeah and Um, one
0: thing you gotta look at too is you gotta ask the question with all the special effects stuff that they did in that movie If you had the 10 rings, each do different things, how much more would that budget have had to grow to have, like, fire shooting out of a ring and mind control and another one and all these other different things?
1: Uh, uh, My argument for that is uh, Disney has infinite money. (laughs) So I don't care. (laughs) Infinite money? Infinite money? (laughs) So I don't really care. I don't really... Look, they made Endgame. Literally, they have an infinite budget. Yeah, <laughs> they're okay. pretty good and yeah. fair enough. I mean, I, 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 the question it, the question doesn't become can they afford it. The question is, it, are they going to do it?
0: And obviously, they didn't.
1: No, they didn't because they went in. They went in a different direction. Yeah,
0: which I kind of still wish they had done the rings, just so I could have seen the Mandarin Ten ring symbol. And them being able to be at the Disney stores and selling those ten rings as collectibles. Where like you think about how they do the lightsabers at right. the different places and you have like the rings you could purchase. Can you imagine how many kids are going in there drop twenty dollars trying to get the different Mandarin rings? <laughs> and get yes, to complete their little Mandarin ring collection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I But have... I
1: try not to think of uh of uh Movie props in a cynical, oh man, you can make so much money from that kind of idea. I try to hope that movie uh, studios consider their props to be important to the movie and not, hey, can we sell this later? Oh, But yeah. that's not saying that movie studios don't do that because they totally do. Oh, yeah. So. I'm surprised we <laughs> haven't seen a ton of those stuffed little dragons. Yeah. I mean... Once again, it took a million billion years just for them to get Grogu available for sale. So true. You know, we we don't know if later on they get something out. Um, I think they were probably also waiting to see how well received Shang Chi was in general, because like Spider Man, that's a that's an easy bet. That's a goal. Everybody knows Spider Man's gonna do well. Mm -hmm. But like Shang Chi, somebody from uh uh. D list superhero from the comics? Yeah. Nah.
2: <laughs> you well, would have yeah, to wait and, and see. Th- that's what I love because it sort of reminded me of Guardians again. Mm-hmm. How yeah. we didn't know, how nobody knew except for you and me, Jack about the Guardians. I know
1: next to Jack about the Guardians. <laughs> I knew a little <laughs> bit about that particular
0: iteration of the Guardians. Yeah. I knew more about the older class of Guardians that they ended up showing in the second movie.
2: Mm. I was uh, I was only familiar enough because my starting point with the Guardians was uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, mm-hmm. the TV show, which by the way is a great bit of introductory storytelling for anything Marvel. Yeah, yeah but it is. Yeah, so Shang Chi felt like a gamble, a small gamble, but and had an informed, educated gamble, but still a small gamble because. Again, you're taking something that they is a really sort of obscure character, even amongst certain Marvel fans,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and you're putting them in the forefront and giving them their own movie, and you're reworking elements of the universe to make them more important in the larger scheme of the universe. Mm-hmm. Now, we could also be really cynical and say, yeah, well, they done it before with a. Guardians and uh, and other properties. But does that diminish from the magic of it?
3: No. Does that
2: diminish from the fact that we got a a great story out of that? I would hope not.
0: Yeah, uh, I will also say, go on record as saying that uh, while I knew who Shang-Chi was. They did a couple of series, this was in the last year or two, that they did one where it was just uh, the legend of Shang-Chi, where basically they reintroduce you to his family. And then over time, you find out that his father, there was another group, it's like something to do with a hand. And his father was over that organization. And so, like, he ends up taking it at the end. He ends up beating his dad in combat and taking control of the organization. So there's a new one, that's literally called, like, Shang-Chi versus the Marvel Universe. Where he has to like every issue he's facing a different person. Like one he faced Wolverine, another one was Captain America, another one was Spider Man. So he's facing different people because he's trying to kind of play both sides of it. Like I'm over this organization. I'm trying to do things better, but at the same time, some of the stuff I'm gonna have to do is a little bit less heroic than I normally would be. And so I've got people in the Marvel Universe looking at me, kind of going, "What's really going on? Where do your loyalties lie?" Type thing. That's kind of how they're playing it, and so you know, but before that, yeah, like I knew, for example, his dad in natural comics was was not the Mandarin, it was Fu Manchu, and we knew good and doggone well they weren't bringing that back into the movies. And then Fing Fang Foom, you know, primarily it was an Iron Man villain, and we knew they weren't gonna be bringing a dragon in called Fing Fang Foom wearing pink purple pants, you know, and stuff. So, how did they, how were they able to do that and not go back to kind of the origins of some of the? The silly, stereotypical stuff. And I'm glad they went more with that mythical side of the dragon. And Actually, the bad guy that shows up is actually a character. I didn't realize who that was. I had never seen that character in the comics. But apparently, he's been in a lot of Doctor Strange books. And so that uh, the character that they end up freeing is a character that Marvel already has existed. So I was just like, that's really cool. Like, it made me have to go back and be like, who is this person? <laughs> what is this person about? Basically, they're at like a Cthulhu legend type thing, so it was really interesting to say the least.
1: Yes. Um, my only real complaint is that uh, there were certain action shots that they did cut quite a bit on, and I was just all like, and I was disappointed with Let that. Let me
2: look at the fireworks. Hmm.
1: And I, uh, yeah, but. I, I want them to hold longer. They did hold longer than they usually do, mm-hmm. but not as long as I hoped for a few shots.
2: You well, don't want you don't want a one arm hug out of the action scenes. Yeah, but out of these action scenes, you did get a hug. But what you want is a full, longing embrace. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's kind of a that's weird how long play. you want them to hold you.
1: Well, also, I wasn't I wasn't fond of the. Uh, um, the I, I don't remember what his name was, but the 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 lackey with the sword on his arm. Oh, oh, razor, oh fist. razor fist! <laughs> yeah, then I didn't care for him.
2: He has a razor for a fist. What's not to love? I
1: liked Taser Face more than Razor Fist.
2: I oh. think we need
0: a Disney Plus special called Taser Face and Ray, Ray, Razor Fist. Go shopping I for Christmas. It's <laughs>
1: like, some
0: weird comedic thing where these two walk into a store somewhere. And I'm trying to buy Christmas presents for people and just the mayhem that ensues when it happens.
2: What if... My next episode of Marvel's What If... What if Taserface and Razor Fist were the true heroes? <laughs> I don't... I don't want that. I keep
1: pushing... <laughs> Stop pushing Razor Fist for SummerSlam! I don't want
2: that. Oh, gosh. Oh. I love them, though. I get it. I get it. Cock the fist, Razor Fist. <laughs> <Cuck> the fist. <laughs> And now
0: Razor
1: Fist has become Roman Reigns. Why is it that Orange Cassidy does a way better Superman punch than Roman Reigns?
2: It looks like he's trying.
0: Yeah. i about to say, there's that thing called effort. Mm -hmm.
3: (laughs) Why is
2: it that Orange Cassidy, a guy that gives the littlest effort in a match, can put more effort into a Superman punch than Roman Reigns? The head of the table.
0: The tribal chief. The tribal
2: chief. The tribal chief. The tribal chief.
0: <laughs> it's me, the tribal chief. Like I couldn't imagine. Like he goes home, his wife's all like, "So how's the tribal chief doing?" It's like, "Oh, I'm tired, baby. I'm gonna go lay down." Ah, oh, you gonna take the trash out? I'm the head of the table. Yep. And if you don't take the trash out, you're sleeping on the couch. And she just kind of goes up to the bedroom, and he's taking out the trash, and his daughter's sitting there going, "Hi, daddy. What are you doing? Taking out the trash." Well, because mommy said I had to. I guess she's ahead of the table, huh? And he just looks at his daughter and he realizes he can't hit her. So he kind of takes the trash just out and just goes on up to bed.
2: Man. Shang-Chi was fun. Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi was, was very fun.
1: fun. But the, it, it wasn't, like, amazing. I give it 8 out of 10. It's on the good side.
2: That's a pretty good rating. Yeah, yeah I'll accept that. 8 out of
1: 10 is a good that. rating. It's, it's not 9 or 10 out of 10 like some of the other MCU films that I've mm. seen. But uh, it's better than like Thor Dark World, which I give a 7 out of 10. So, really? Yeah.
2: That's a lot more generous than I thought that you would. I,
1: I, do, I don't think I can give any MCU film a 6 or lower.
2: Mm. That's very kind of you. Well,
0: I will go a slightly different direction. I will say that uh, Shang-Chi is definitely not an on bak but it is better than, say, um, any Jackie Chan movie that he did stateside where he had to fight. The tuxedo. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. The tuxedo. Better hey. than tuxedo.
1: <laughs> better than tuxedo, but not as good as Lethal Weapon. Not Lethal Weapon. Lethal Heck, weapon. Rush four. Hour. Rush I'm out of here. Oh, no. You I, did
2: the thing I did. Like, I did it last time, Jackie too. Jackie Chan
0: wasn't in Lethal Weapon. That was Jet Li.
2: <laughs>
3: I, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's
2: why I told
0: him he did the thing that I did. I did it, too.
1: We did it, too. We both did it. Bah, rush bah, bah, bah. Hour. Why did both of those movies have to come out around the same time? Uh, I like both of those Uh, I honestly The only uh, Lethal Weapon That I really Really like More than any of them Is 4 And Rush Hour 2 Is one of my favorite Films of all time So Anyway um, I mean come chi I thought was good But it wasn't like I can see it
0: being Slightly confusing Because in Lethal Weapon 4 You had a loud black dude And Chris Rock And in uh, Rush Hour You had a lethal black You had a a loud Black dude and Chris Tucker Mm
1: Mm-hmm so, I take it back. Uh, Dark World is a six out of ten. Duh. Ah. Okay. And shang Chi, I'll give it an eight. It's okay. not a nine or a ten, but it's pretty, it's good. It's really good. Okay,
0: I can dig that. So yeah, I think the only other thing that I wanted to talk about real quick with shang Chi was just the uh, the beauty of the other world they went into, or Michelle Yeoh and her crew was there. And, and I, by the way, Michelle Yo, fine wine, chef's kiss, man. That woman right there. Her husband's a lucky mm. man. That's all I'm going to say. He's a gorgeous woman Bless still. Bless me. Bless me. Gorgeous
1: woman, man. Yes.
2: They go into the Pokemon world. Yeah. Where the Pokemons are at. Look, Look at all the Pokemon. All them dragons. tails. Can you believe that they created a whole new animal in the film? Based off of Ninetales? Like based off of Ninetales? <laughs> you okay with it, bro? You alright? No. You can okay, just get it out. Just get it out.
0: So what wouldn't that be considered a Kasune? Am I saying that? Yes, right? so well, I'm
2: gonna let you explain that, dude. There's people on the internet
1: that thought that they're like, oh, they're ripping off Pokemon. Wow. I'm like, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Nine tails is based off of the Katsune, which is the same as that thing. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, people online are so stupid, and I love Pokemon <laughs>
0: and or dragons and all the other stuff that was in
1: there, and 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 of course, I can't,
0: I can't, not, I can't talk about this movie without talking about the return of my boy Trevor.
1: Oh uh, yeah, Big Trev. Big Trevor comes back. Me and my friends call me Big Trev, (laughs) which is weird because I'm the only Trevor that we know.
2: (laughs) I am aware of my
1: size. (laughs) I look like a professional wrestler, (laughs) but not a very good one. (laughs) I don't know if it was K. Trevor Wilson. K. Trevor Wilson. He's a comedian. He's a big guy, big beard, Uh very
2: funny. Yep. And that's one of his jokes. He's all like, I know I look like a professional wrestler but not a very good one.
3: <laughs>
2: I look like the kind of guy that's standing around in the grocery store and then somebody comes up and asks me, hey, when you were in the ring with Ted DiBiase, the, the million-dollar man, and he put a whole bunch of money in your mouth and submitted you, hey, did you get to keep any of that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need to go find him. Yeah, that that sounds like a funny. We'll, thing. we'll
1: find you a link after this. He's don't very you funny. worry.
2: Okay. Don't you worry. I will. I will send one to you.
0: Yay! Yeah, but we all. I really enjoyed it. I I really enjoyed the movie. I I loved Aquafina. Um, my favorite line from her is still, you know, I understand. We don't we don't talk about everything a lot. You know, there are things that you keep aside. I get it. You should. That makes most sense, you know. And we don't know everything about each other, but when a guy with a freaking machete on his hand comes to cut the bus in half we're in, yeah, I think I need a little bit of exhalation.
1: Oh, there, there was uh, two other things that I wanted to point out uh, as well really quick before we move on. One, uh, I was sad that we didn't get uh, more Abomination. I would have liked more Abomination, but what we got was good. So Did you notice that, that
2: they changed his head a little bit? He looks like yeah, the comic
0: well, book the accurate version. He is mutated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, I was, I had noticed that uh, in the trailers. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: oh I didn't even see that in the trip.
1: Good eye. Yeah, I was all like, oh he he looks more like he does in the comics, mm-hmm. where they're acknowledging abomination exists, but still not one hundred percent admitting to the Incredible Hulk
2: movie. So no, I I like that they have the abomination sad he didn't get any voice lines but that's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he will be in the She Hulk series.
1: Good for him. Um
2: continue, brother.
1: Yeah. Uh the other thing uh was um Oh, I was glad that they uh gave an excuse as to why there was so much English spoken among the Chinese characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um where uh, in some of the flashbacks, the dad was all like, oh, have you been practicing your English? Because I guess knowing English is important so that you're worldly and smart and can take over uh, the Ten Rings later in a, mm-hmm. later on in life. Love you, son. You're going to take over the Ten Rings. You're going to take over. You're going to kill the guy that killed your mom. <laughs> um, and uh, I-, I appreciated that later on because they established that Aquafina's character doesn't speak Chinese very well, they're like, oh, okay. Uh, They didn't outright say it, but it was implied that we'll speak English around you so that you can understand the conversations we're
2: having right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I did love any of the times poor little Mm Aquafina was just waddling her way around and trying to understand everyone. She's kind of pear-shaped, isn't she? She's she's kind of adorable. Kind
1: of yes. Yeah. Also, I I was watching um, Cosmonaut mm-hmm. talk about this movie Cosmonaut Variety Hour for anybody that wants to go and watch it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Grain
2: of salt. Grain Let's of salt. grain of salt.
1: Nope. <laughs> take it with no salt. Just take all the it's sour. Fine.
2: It's gospel. The man's word is gospel. <laughs> um, don't listen to me. Don't, don't listen know what I'm to talking Smiter.
1: About. He doesn't know. He's never seen a movie before.
2: He's never um, seen a movie. I uh, have never seen a movie. <laughs>
1: Uh, he was saying, and I, I kind of agree, um, that there is not a romantic relationship between Shang-Chi and Aquafina's character. Kate?
2: Katie. Nope. Katie.
1: Yep, Katie. Katie. Um, and so um, that was kind of refreshing. Yep. Although I thought maybe by the end it, something would happen, but I was like, oh, I guess not. It's whatever. And, and maybe is, later.
0: More than likely later, it's possible we could get something. You know, yeah,
1: but it didn't happen in this movie and right.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the line when um, she's talking about how she's never finished anything and uh, the guy is sitting there getting there on the archery range and he she's like, well, this isn't for me. I don't need to be doing this. And he says, if you aim at nothing, you will hit nothing. Like, that's a sermon right there. That's a sermon message right there about the idea of living a life where you aim for nothing. Because you don't yeah, feel like I you mean, could hit. Yeah, I mean,
2: it plays into Katie's story.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean, they straight up were like just the perfect slackers at the beginning of the movie. Hmm. Which is really funny to me, because it's always played into this idea. It's all like, oh, I don't really like to do anything. Oh, no, I'm really good at fighting. <laughs> Which is why, I mean, I appreciate at least a little bit at the beginning of Shun chi It's all like, okay, it looks like that he keeps up a physical regiment because he knows that they could find him at any time. Mhm. Mhm. And they did. Remember kids, you miss all the
1: falcon punches you don't throw. That's precisely true.
0: Falcon punch. <laughs> Uh, good movie overall. Good movie overall. I really enjoyed yeah, it. I it. Good
1: recommend. Check it out if you guys
2: want. Yep. Big recommend.
0: And they're doing this window for 45 days, and then I'm sure it'll be on Disney+. I'm hoping they don't try to charge $30 for it when it hits 30 Disney+. I hope they just let it play out there, and then people could see it a million times.
1: Maybe. We'll have to wait and see, because uh, we don't really know what their business model is, because they keep changing it. Yep.
0: The goal line keeps changing every time.
1: Yep. All right. So I think
0: we're done. I don't think there's anything else we want to talk about Shang-Chi, unless y'all got Mm. something you want to mention about Shang-Chi. Right. All right. So, with that being said, I think it is time for me to sit down and shut up and get some questions asked of me.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to go ahead and do that. But first, we're going to go ahead and take a little break.
0: Okay. Yes, break would be good.
1: Take a little break, and then uh, we'll come back, and uh, we'll start the Will-centric part of this episode. woo Agreed.
0: The big Willie style of it all. Nah, 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 nah. Come back, guys. Catch we'll you guys this. in a bit.
1: <laughs> <Yep>. Bye. <laughs> in a bit. Well, welcome back, everybody, to more of this special episode of Conversations About Dot Dot Dot. All the stuff that happened before this, not important. Everything that's going on past this point, the most important, because today... We're gonna sit down and talk to our very, very special guest. We have, of course, with us the great Will Holland. Say hello, Will. Hi, guys. <laughs> I know this is your podcast and this is your show. But today, Smyder and I will be interviewing you. Okay. Since uh since uh you you had a birthday recently. I did. And um you you went ahead and asked us questions on our birthday, so now it's your turn to sit in the chair and uh receive questioning.
0: Sounds like a plan. Let's do it.
1: Let's do it. Um so uh I wanted to point out that uh you you specifically said that Cider and I were going to roast you with this. Oh yeah. And I was all
2: like, why would we want to do that? You know, we could do that, though. We'll start with, hey, you know what I like about Will talking about us roasting him? is the fact that he talked, about it, talked to us about it beforehand. <laughs> well, he technically did. Roasted!
1: Roasted! <laughs> um, and so, like, if, if the actual plan was to actually do a roast of Will Holland, we'd need more guests for that. We need, like, at least two more people. But I don't know who they would be because I don't talk to everybody that Will does. Will would know better uh, who that would actually be in that case. So today we're just going to do a regular old interview-like thing. Um, And in our own podcast, uh, the Mythos podcast, we don't really interview people. We sometimes have guests on, but they're normally there to... Have us talk about a a subject that isn't particularly them, but they, like, know a lot about. And we've had Will on our podcast before, and we're going to have him on again sometime. We just need to find the right subject, you know? Um, And we also need to make time to actually record our podcast. Because we have some ideas, we just need to hurry up and just record them. Uh, So first things first, Will, what is your name?
0: uh william keith holland
1: mm, okay i believe okay, that's correct oof. that was a tough one <laughs> that was a hard one that was a hard one <laughs> next I was question gonna,
2: i was just gonna do an easy layup okay next question all right easy layup favorite kung fu film
0: you, really really this was the this was the layup question
2: this is, I said, an easy layup.
0: It's not easy because I I have too many on that list. I, it's hard to say a favorite. I just but
2: whichever one is the most personally will, resonant. Okay, with you.
0: I will say my favorite ever, like Hong Kong action flick type thing is Legends of Drunken Master with Jet Li. I mean, I was not Jet Li because we had that conversation already too. See Jackie he did it too. Yeah, yes, I know. I did that thing. This Jackie Chan, Legend of Drunken Master. Jackie Chan, it's my favorite all-time uh, great martial arts. Has all of it, has character development, um, the hero, all this stuff. Drunken style, it's it's awesome.
1: It's, it is pretty great. Uh, actually, before we move on to more of the questions, first I want to do uh, the questions that uh, Tina, the ultimate fangirl, Clayton threw to us because we asked her to to provide some questions because she's so good at that. Uh, So shout outs to Tina, the ultimate fangirl. So we'll go ahead and ask first things first. Will, what was your favorite memory from your birthday?
0: From my birthday this year Um, Uh, or just a birthday
1: ever? Uh, I'm I'm wondering if what she meant was what's your favorite birthday memory? Just overall, okay.
0: I'll tell you what. So I'll answer both, okay. just in case. So to say, favorite thing from this year's birthday, I uh, got the chance to have birthday dinner with a um, with my with my Kentucky family. We had barbecue and we had some stuff. And as some of you may or may not know, I've been working on getting a car. I got my license recently. And then back, uh, I used to have a driver's license years ago, and this stuff happened, and I lost it for a little while, and I got it back. And so now I'm legal to drive on the road, and uh, hopefully we'll be buying a car possibly tomorrow or Tuesday. And so um, by the time we record again, hopefully I'll have everything that needs to be done on it, so that way it's fully legal and ready to roll. Um, But uh, yeah, so my birthday memory from this year was having a really good barbecue dinner. Uh, with my family and just hanging out with them and, um, you know, having my niece and nephew ask questions. And we had chocolate cake afterwards. It was great. But yeah. as far as a birthday memory period, um, I think I was 13. I think I was turning 13 that year. And my mom was uh, Rambo the cartoon had come out. I know some of you, if you ever seen the movies, he like, there was a cartoon of Rambo? Yes, there was a cartoon of Rambo. He got action figures. Uh, so anyway, so all I wanted for my birthday that year was a, as a Rambo action figure. And I don't know why I wanted Rambo. I don't know. It was just the fact that it was Rambo, probably. And so my mom was like, well, I don't know if I can get my hands on one, but I'll see what I can do. And so that morning, it felt like an old school like comedy show, like a Disney Channel show. Where you wake up in the morning you do all the stuff and nobody at your house mentions your birthday at all and it's just like thanks for bringing me coffee sweetie I'm like no problem i'm just waiting on my mom to say oh by the way happy birthday nothing all day goes on i'm at school nobody says anything about my birthday at school and i'm like i know she's not planning a surprise party because most people can't find out where most people can't find my house because we live way out in the sticks so i was like why is nobody saying anything about my birthday party and so apparently I got home, and when I got home, my mom had just got off of work, and she had her shoes off. Her shoe, her feet had been hurting, and so um, I brought her the little soaky thing so she could soak her feet in them and set it up. And she was like, "Hey, I didn't have time to do much, but I made your birthday cake." I said, "Oh, that's awesome! Thanks." Say happy birthday, son. I said, "Oh, that's so cool! I wondered what happened because you didn't mention it this morning." And she said, "Yeah," she said. I was just really tired from last night, so I didn't think about it. And then I got up this morning. I got up after work and I fixed the cake. So, like, she'd been home maybe an hour. She fixed this cake and then went and laid down. So, I felt like, oh, man. I was like, well, do you want me to cut you a piece? She's like, well, sure, but it's your cake. You might want to eat it first piece. I was like, okay. So, I went in there, and sure enough, the Rambo figure was on top of the cake. Hmm. So, I'm just like, oh my gosh, the Rambo figure's on the cake. She says, yeah. I was able to find one. She said, Happy Christmas. Happy, happy, happy Christmas. Happy birthday, son. And so, I was just like, that's so cool. So, I took the little figurine off, and of course, I just sat down, and I fired the rocket out of it a couple of times. I put it up on my shelf where it stayed for a while until um, my brother was doing something one day, and he had lit an incense in my room or whatever for some reason, and apparently he like, accidentally lit the string on fire, which ended up burning the whole figure. So, I lost that figure, but the memory was really awesome.
1: Very nice. Um, the next question from Tina is, uh, the most thoughtful gift you've received.
0: Most thoughtful gift I've received.
1: Um,
0: well, that that can be summed up in this year. Uh, of course, as I talked about earlier, getting a vehicle. Uh, my family here this is just like, we want to help you out. We're going to pay your first month's insurance for you so i thought that was really appreciative and and pretty you know current to my current situation so i felt like that was one of the most thoughtful gifts because they just really were sitting there thinking about what did he need to what did he need at the time and so you know i've gotten stuff like art supplies and things like that but that was really something that was very very pertinent for the time
1: oh that's very nice uh next question from tina is uh what is your favorite gift that you've given somebody else? Hmm. Favorite gift I've given somebody else for birthday presents?
0: Um. Hmm. I know. I have to think about it because it's a bit of different gifts I've tried to give out over the years. Um, I think the one that I remember giving more recently is, uh, my mom. The last time I saw her uh, was right around her birthday, and so like we went to go um, went to go out to a restaurant, and I paid for her meal for for her birthday, and I even told the waiter I was like, hey, you know, it's my mom's birthday. We kind of want to make a deal out of it. Is there anything you guys can do? They were like, well, we normally sing a happy birthday song, but we don't have enough staff here to do a happy birthday song. We can bring her out a cake, a little small cake. I was like, okay, that works, because she doesn't eat a whole lot anyway. And so that works really well. And so they brought the cake out there. She cried. She was just like, I really appreciate this. We don't, I haven't had a chance to really spend many birthdays with my kids, so this is really cool that I get to spend this with you on, the, on my birthday. So I feel like that was one of most most recent memory. It's something that was really awesome to give my mom because, you know, all the stuff she's done for me, you know, I wanted to be able to say it at least once, you know, it's like, hey, on your birthday, I was here and I wanted to take you out to dinner. So.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, that sounds very sweet. Well,
0: I try. I'm that not perfect the- at it, but I try.
1: <laughs> that was the end of the questions that Tina had. The last thing that she had to say was happy bel- belated birthday and that you're the best. Aw.
0: She's too kind.
1: She is. I Thank got a question for Tina.
0: I got a question for Tina. And okay. I'll ask this oh. question if she can answer it sometime or another or something. And here it is. What was the best birthday present you've gotten?
1: There you go, that's my question. Alrighty. So Tina, you're on the spot now. <laughs> okay, dokie Back to our questions. Will. Yes, sir. What is your quest?
3: Hmm.
0: What is my quest in life, or just what is my quest currently?
1: What is your quest currently? Okay, my quest currently is
0: eventually have a weekend off, a full weekend off, plus a day where I can drive to go see my mom again, I haven't really been able to see her since COVID. Um, mm-hmm. And now that I'm going to eventually have a vehicle, I want to be able to make that trip. Um, but other than that, I mean, you know, my quest is always the same. Find exotic foods, eat them, and enjoy their flavor.
1: Hmm. This is a good quest. This is a quest I can get behind. This is Will's Nindo.
2: <laughs> His ninja way. His ninja way. What do you have, little brother? Well, I wanted to actually get Will's perspective on... The changing nature of this is gonna sound a little odd, but the changing nature of nerd culture. Well, I want you to travel into your mind's eye back into your memories of being 10 years old, 11 and were you were you a big fan of comics and in uh, nerd culture at the time?
0: As much as I could be, I mean, it wasn't.
2: Back when I was 10
0: or 11 years old, being in the comics and stuff was not something that. I mean, being in the comics and stuff then was something you could get beaten up for. So you had so, to yes, find you people. Yeah, you had to find those few people who were brave enough to actually be willing to talk about the stuff that you were into. Um,. And then you talk with them, but I mean, yeah, I've, I've always been into the culture of geeks and them. I mean, I was watching the cartoons and trying to watch the movies and all the different stuff. And then, especially with cartoons, we'd come together on Monday mornings, usually, and talk around the playground or whatever about, hey, Mary, did you see the latest episode of Thundercats? Or did you see Robotech? Or did you see the latest episode of uh, Transformers? You know, whatever. And we were just talking about it, and there'd be the other kids that watch the shows then you had the kids that were just like, I don't watch the Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, they watch the wrestling. After Dick Williams Magic Land, and so then we talked about Jerry Lawler and the wrestling stuff that was going on in mid South wrestling.
2: All right, we will we will definitely circle back sometime to learn what the hell Dick Williams Magic Land is. It's literally all that sounds made like. up as hell. But <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to pick your brain, and, uh, sort of ask you about (laughs) your journey as a nerd starting with those early (laughs) days of getting into comics getting into action figures getting into uh wrestling and i wanted to i wanted to ask you do you feel like the upswing in nerd culture how it suddenly became mainstream over time,
3: mm-hmm,
2: well I guess that's kind of an oxymoron, but as it became mainstream over time, what do you feel like were some of the better parts of that and some of the worst parts of that a as a result of nerd culture going going the way that it has um so yeah, good okay. things and bad things.
0: Uh, I mean, good things. I mean, you know, it, it's become socially acceptable to be a comic book person. And in some cases, it feels like there's almost a badge of honor when you can, when somebody is saying something about a certain movie, for example, like a Marvel movie. And I like, go, oh, I don't know who. And then you can be that person to fill that information in for them. And it's nice to be able to compare if there's questions about comparing stuff where there's a loss at it is, is that people feel like they're almost entitled to get their way. And if they don't, then they tend to. Whereas when it wasn't as popular, we didn't people didn't care about getting their way, man. They were just like, I just want to be able to talk about this freely with people. And but now it almost feels like so many people are into it now in some sort of fashion or another that they feel like that they're entitled to certain things. And if they don't get, even if they don't really participate in it, um, they feel like they're entitled to it because their opinion matters so much that if they don't get what they want, they're going to get on Twitter and yell and scream about it. And then, you know, people are going to be like, Oh my gosh, they're yelling and screaming about something obviously wrong. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a real twisted thing because there's that point where you go, Hey, I-, I love this thing. You know, uh, whether it's big bang theory, whether it's, um, whether it's, um, it, it, and I'll say whether it's, um, loving a thing or being involved in a thing or being a fan of a thing. When I was growing up, it felt like if I was a fan of said thing, then I could, you know, really just enjoy it and talk to other people who enjoyed it. Now, it's like I talk about it, but then other people are just like, well, yeah, but don't you think it should have been this, 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 or this? If it wasn't this, then holy crap in a handbasket, you're stupid because you don't see this this way. And I'm just like, bro, I don't have to see it the way you see it. Like, I could, why can't I just be a fan of this and enjoy it for what it is? And if I don't see it the way you see it, you know, it, make your case. I'll listen to you. You know, and if I agree with it, I'll tell you. If I don't agree with it, I'll tell you that too. But I should be able to be a fan without you dictating what kind of fan I am. And I feel like with a lot of what people refer to as toxic fandom these days, uh, I mean case in point, you look at the thing with Tim Drake recently, where they were like, "Okay, we're going to we're going to make Tim Drake uh bisexual." Okay? Well, then people started going, "Well, Tim Drake was always bisexual. He always was coded as bisexual." Where Where and well, his relationship with Connor. So, these are the same people that will say two women in a comic book can be friends and not be in love with each other, but two guys can't be friends and not love each other in that way. Like, like, what, like, what, like, where's the double standard stop? And so, I feel like a lot of times people's opinions and a lot of people's opinions that people are getting stated aren't even opinions of people who are buying the books, they're just people who get on Twitter. And they are like, I want representation in everything. I want representation in everything. But I'm not going to support any of it. I'm not going to go out and buy it. I mean, case in point, New Warriors. That has still not come out yet. uh I Marble- so
2: feel like one of the worst things to be happening is probably the fact that people are way too... Like, it, it's just part of social media just becoming bigger and connecting everybody so that it's much easier to share an opinion on something.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the opinions are not... There used to be a time where people with different opinions could have a conversation, have a different opinion, and then not cause a fight. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like we're in that world anymore. Mm
2: -hmm. And you feel like... You feel... And you feel like that differs from older generations. Yeah,
0: because we enjoyed stuff. Like, I mean, yeah, we looked foolish running around yelling Captain Caveman at the top of our lungs, but I mean, we enjoyed watching Captain Caveman. You didn't have somebody be like, well, technically, in that age of thing, that just seems like an anachronistic situation. If you have a caveman running around with girls in the 70s and 80s, that wouldn't work because he wouldn't understand them and they wouldn't understand him. So, why would this work? And, you know, and people go, it's almost like now we have people going back into stuff and trying to find things that didn't, that they look at it through their current day eyes and say, this is problematic. When at the time it was done, it wasn't problematic.
2: Now, what do you feel like has improved um, oh. as time has gone on?
0: I, I, I think if, pop, if, the, if um, pop culture hadn't embraced geek culture as part of it, then you wouldn't have stuff like, for example, uh, Harley Quinn series that's on HBO Max. You wouldn't have stuff like Black Dynamite, where you had just literally a parody of black exploitation movies. That just took off and grew a life of its own. Which, by the way, we did get confirmation from Michael Shaw White. He is working on an actual sequel to Black Dynamite. So, I think that's He's cool. He's
1: dynamite.
0: Well, I yep. remember. And, uh, so but, dynamite. So dynamite. And, uh, you know, so I think because pop culture has embraced the comic book love and the movie love and all this other stuff, I think it gives a lot more opportunity for things to be created in that world. But at the same time, I feel like what it also does is it opens the floodgates for stuff to come through that that can be really awesome and do a lot of what people are wanting. You know, you can have, quote, the representation you're looking for uh, if you're willing to create it. You know, if you're willing to go in and say, okay, well, what can I do to make this idea? I want to tell this story. Okay, and, and, and my case of point to this, for example, I look at, like, um, I look at, like, the 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 What If series. Okay, and yes, the Marvel Universe gave us these great movies, but the idea with What If is that they could take certain things and tweak them, kind of like the comics. Which, I mean, come on. Did you ever think that we would have a series of cart animated shows about What If before they announced it? You know what I mean? Like why would that be something that people would even be interested in? Well the movies came in and kicked everybody's butts for a while and people are like, This is the new world we're in where Marvel has come in and done its thing. DC has tried uh to to make make its brand bigger in the movie scope. I don't know if they've been as success they haven't been as successful, I don't feel like, but I feel like they can be. You know? And so they've opened up their world to other things. You look at like I said, D C you got stuff like Doom Patrol out there. Um Harley Quinn series. You've got these series like the What If that's on. You know, WandaVision, What If, Falcon Winter Soldier, Loki. These obscure things that you would never have been able to feel like you had, say, 20 years ago. Because people weren't really... 20 I'm going to say 30. You have to go back a little bit further than that. Because 20 years ago, you were still getting Marvel movies in the beginning of the base. So, but yeah, it's... Yeah. You know, you, you think about that. And how... Pop culture has allowed this stuff to blow up big... I mean, you think about Invincible. I mean, how long did Invincible sit on a shelf before people started going, let's develop this as a cartoon? "Let's a develop A
2: long the, time. Let's
0: develop the boys into a show. Let's... Dude,
2: Invincible was on the shelf so long, it wrapped up.
0: Yeah, completely. Uh, you know, and all this other stuff, and it's just like, you think about the, like success of stuff like The Walking Dead... And how it's blown up and not just, it's not just a comic anymore. It's a part of pop culture now. You know, the show was, came out, it was hot, it did wonderful. You had the Fear of the Walking Dead, you know, they're talking about possible spinoff with Negan at some point, which I mean, you know, Kirkman didn't write a whole bunch about Negan, you know, outside of the stuff that was in the story, but it's just like, you know, there's a whole lot more options now. And so many people's stuff is coming out and then it's getting developed into stuff. You know, people are picking up stuff. I mean, I just uh, read a little bit ago where um, something kill- Something's Killing the Children is getting picked up by Netflix. You know, Castlevania. You know, what an example of another thing that was out there that people knew was out there but you really didn't expect to ever see anybody animate it. And then they did. You
2: know? And so you you feel like it's uh, just more exposure yes. to nerd culture that's spreading out more and more you feel like has greatly improved. Yeah.
0: As, as people are finding this stuff and kind of mining the pop culture zeitgeist and mining all this pop culture stuff in these comic books and things like that, they're going, oh wait a minute there's this whole new world of stuff we can get into and so now it's get, it's just getting bigger. Yeah. So that's how I feel like it's the best part about it is it, and it's giving us people that may not have ever been in bigger things they're not come out with stuff like that. You think of Simi Simi Liu uh beforehand, the only time I had ever seen him was in that it was in the uh Kim's Convenience show. I never would have thought in a million years he would be Shang-Chi, but he is. And now the 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 ceiling that he has is much higher. I feel like Aquafina, as much as, as popular as Aquafina was getting, especially in the Disney circles and all this other stuff her ceilings only going to get higher as time goes on. You know, because yeah, sure. now she's... You sure. know, they're in these big Marvel movies, and I'm sure we're going to see them in other Marvel movies, because as we found out at the end of this, you know, they're part of the Avengers now. <laughs>
2: you know? whatever Not this new Avengers yet. Well, it, 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 It's pretty obvious that they're going to be, though. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, but, yeah. uh Definitely more exposure ends up bringing in more nerds, and at least the expansion for casual nerddom has definitely grown.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Right on. Bro, did you have another question?
1: I always have questions. But I wanted to just point out, as far as Castlevania is concerned, um, there's been a lot of video game cartoons that have come out in the past. So that one is more believable than, say, a low-key TV show. Like, 30 years ago. Also, isn't it crazy that 20 years ago, Spider-Man 1 came out? Yeah. Woo!
2: <laughs> isn't it crazy that, like, 12 years ago, people didn't care at all about Iron Man?
3: True. No, I
2: still believe that.
3: True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True.
2: You, get, you, re- you believe it because you remember. <laughs> yeah, I was there. <laughs> I was witness to it. Yeah. I sure it was, too.
0: But, um... Lord knows he uh he came back. Snyder, by the way, I posted up a thing in the chat that, that talks about oh, Mr. Jake yeah. Williams. I saw it. So I didn't realize he held to get his book of world records for hosting the longest running television magic show in the world.
2: You I know didn't know that? he
1: was the person that existed. Right. <laughs> <Great. laughs> okay. So Will. Yes. One day you're you're hanging out. Um, and you, you go to see a wrestling match, say okay. WWE's in town and you get yourself a ticket and you go to watch and you're there. It's a pre-show you're out, you're getting a snack, getting ready to, to watch the show. And then crazy old Vince McMahon sideways walks up to you with his feet waggling.
2: Oh yeah. he's, he's doing a crab walk. Sideways walking. (laughs) Okay, I was anticipating his big gorilla walk. Yeah, well, he's gorilla walking sideways.
1: Ugh. Uh, he comes and he approaches you. Do and I get just... to hear?
0: Do I get to hear the No Chance in Hell theme song as he's coming up?
1: <laughs> no, no, it's it's. He comes at you with it's, no warning. It's okay. dead silent. It's dead silent. You, the only thing is, other
2: people are around waiting to get their snacks. Mm-hmm. What if it's dead silent and you could actually hear the? <laughs> yeah.
1: And crazy old Vince McMahon, he waddles his way up to you and he says, Will Holland, I have a proposal for you. And he takes you into the back and he sits you down and he has uh, three pieces of paper in front of him. One says Raw General Manager, one says SmackDown General Manager, one says NXT General Manager. And he says, William Holland, we need you to fix one of these. Which one do you sign? And how do you fix that product? Whoa. All right.
0: Hold on. I better crack my neck on this one. This is going to be a minute. We're going <laughs> well, to lunch? We
1: gonna be here for a while. Right. Right. Oh, so yeah. I'm, first I'm things ready. First, I got snacks and everything.
0: I feel like SmackDown is actually outperforming Raw. So I'm not going to mess with that a whole lot. I mean, the same people are kind of writing both, but somehow they actually get a somewhat better show on SmackDown, partially because of the time frame. And you only have two hours. Um, you know, you you have to, you have to focus your energies. So I would pick the most difficult of the three and I'd pick raw. Um, and I'm going to have to look at the current rosters just to kind of see how that would work. But
1: even, even like you can, you can take people from the other brands if you need to.
0: Okay, so first things first, uh, I would walk in... To create
1: the best product you can.
0: Day one, uh, Bobby Lashley would be in the ring, hooping and hollering with MVP, talking about how awesome he is. And then Keith Lee would just come out, and Keith Lee would point at him, and he'd be like, you and me, one-on-one for the belt right now. And just like, oh, okay, sure, The dude who I've beaten at least three times in a row or whatever. Sure, Keith Lee. Go ahead. And Keith Lee just goes out there and bodies Bobby Lashley. Open the show with Bobby Lashley getting beaten by uh, Mr. Basket as Glory himself. Keith Lee. No manager. No nothing. Just Keith Lee. And then he goes out there. He gets the belt. Mia Yim comes running out there to hug him and support him. They blow up the pyrotechnics early on. All right. So right afterwards, you know, they get in the ring, they interview him and he's just like, look, Raw needs to go to someplace new. Raw hasn't been, you know, Raw hasn't been what it needs to be in a long time. And, and somebody has got to take it somewhere else because this whole clown and pony show with Bobby Lashley ain't, ain't it. And uh, so he just, he takes the belt, walks out. Uh, Damon Priest is still the champion uh, for, for the uh, US Championship. And uh, he actually ends up getting a feud with other people, and I, just, I would the champ. Other than that, change the champions that are there. I would keep in their deal, but I feel like what would happen would be that you would just—you would basically have the only other thing I would really change uh, is that I would have Walter from UK come to Raw, and basically Walter would start feuding everybody on his way to try to go up against um, against Keith Lee. Because Keith Lee and Walter could put on the, one of the craziest matches ever, and it would be insane. And I would have like Shinsuke Nakamura on Raw. I would move him over. Uh, the twenty four hour, the twenty four seven belt would only be on Raw, and I would literally book it like it like the old hardcore matches were booked, where like you'd see whoever the twenty four hour, the twenty four seven champion walking in at an airport, and all of a sudden somebody jumping him with a referee in the middle of the airport, or. They'd be out eating lunch with their wife. They'd be out eating lunch with their wives, and all of a sudden, you know, they'd get knocked over, and then their wife would pin them to be the uh, to be the to be the twenty four seven champion. And then, you know, Carmella or somebody would come up and pin. I would just do goofy stuff like that, where the twenty four seven belt was never defended in a Raw ring. It would always be defended wherever. You know, if they're on their way to the show, and they get stopped at a red light, and somebody manages to get them down in their seat and pin them for a free count. As long as there's a wrap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the WWE Tag Team Champions would float just like they always do, but they would challenge on different brands. Uh, I would come out there, Charlotte would be like, I am the queen, I'm the Raw Women's Champion. And I'd say, yep, and that's why you're going away. It's like, what are you talking about? you would be like, simple, you're going away. And I would just, I would honestly be like, you know what? You're gone. And what are you talking about? You can't fire me. I'm Charlotte Flair. I'm the queen. I'm going to win, you know, more championships than my dad. You can go win them somewhere else. We got other women on this roster besides you. And I would play it almost as a shoot. We got other women on this roster who are um, just as talented if not more talented than you. we need to see who they are. And you need to go. And basically, I would just release them from our contract. I wouldn't. You'd be like, you ain't got to wait ninety days. If you want to go off and you want to go do your thing, you can go do off and do your thing. Because I feel like deep down, I feel like that's the goal for her. Ultimately, I don't feel like she wants to be there. Um, so I would get rid of her. I would get rid of the Adam Pierce Sandra Deville thing where they're just bouncing on brand to brand. And I'd be like, all right, look, y'all stay on one down. keep things down. I got my own people to, to to do that. In a perfect world, I know I couldn't do this because he's in AAW, but I'd have Mark Henry be my be my like general manager at Raw. And he would keep this crazy stuff going down and they'd be like, you know, like Brock Lesnar would come on Raw and try to do something stupid. Mark Henry would just punk him. They'd be like, yep, that's for all them times you F5 Mark Henry, sir. You don't get to do that today. You can, you can, you can get the heck home. You know, you and your mama. And, you know, you be coming in here doing all that. And I, I feel like the only other thing I would really honestly do is I would sit down, I would hire somebody to just be the continuity coach. And I'd say, okay, mm-hmm. this is day one. I need every current storyline that has been written on a board. And I need to see where we're going to take it for six months. And if we're not going to take it a full six months out, I need to know when it's going to end and where the next storyline starts. Because, I'm sorry, I don't need Damian Priest and The Miz and John Morrison feuding for six months. There's no reason for that. You know? And then I would just sit there whenever the drafts came up and I would just try to find ways to draft around. And I would send some people from Raw back to NXT. Nia Jax would not be on Raw, I'm sorry. Hmm. You need to go get developed some more. Because you ain't got it. Like, you get all emotional in the middle of a match. You sit there and start trying to throw people for real. Chill with all that. Go back down there. Bring me a character that's different. We can talk about it in six months. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would really want to. I'll, because I feel like, okay, the reason why the 80s and the 90s worked was because characters were characters. People fell in love with the characters. Undertaker, the people didn't fall in love with Undertaker just because he wore black and had a hat on. He had a true character with it. Kane. He had a true character daniel Bryan. he had a true character john cena i don't really know what his character was other than he won all the time for a long period of time and you couldn't see it you know the rock when he was in his prime and the rock still if the rock came back tomorrow dude the rock still got character for days like the rock has more charisma coming out of his pinky finger than most people have on the planet
2: now, that's what you call a high-strength, high-charisma build. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, and that's the thing. It's like you
0: need characters, man. Why was Stone Cold so popular? Because he, he, he did what he, he gave you what you wanted. He gave you a dude that rebelled against his boss. Who wouldn't wish that they could just walk up in their boss's office, kick him in the stomach, and then stun him? Who wouldn't wish that? Power fantasy. All day long. But the characters are what drove it. You look at Bret Hart. You look at Shawn Michaels back in the day. Back, I mean, pre, you know, back when he was with the Rockers. Go all the way from the Rockers to DX. From DX to him and Ric Flair. I love you, Rick. Super to the face. But it, there was a character there. There was a person. He grew. He changed. He shifted. Sometimes he was the bad boy. Sometimes he was the sexy bad boy. And then sometimes he was just the dude who was rebelling against authority because the authority was pushing their weight around a little bit too much. But there was a character there. I don't feel like a lot of these guys and girls that are currently in the business right now have a character, that they know who they are. What's it, what's it called? Elevator pitch? If you can't tell me who a person is in a Senate, okay, I'm going to lay this test out. Jingles, Yes. tell me who Stone Cold is in a Senate. He
1: is the Texas rattlesnake, a badass SOB.
0: Okay, uh, Smiter, tell mm-hmm. me who Trish Stratus is in one sentence.
2: Trish Stratus is the top of the line. She is the leading lady in any room that she's in.
0: Okay. Uh, all right. Um, tell me who Becky Lynch is. That,
2: oh, uh, Will. Yeah. <laughs> Give me Macho Man. The
0: macho Man
2: really Savage. Yeah,
0: go ahead and tell me who's macho, Who's the Macho Man since you requested
2: it? Yeah. The, tell me, tell me who the Macho Man is in the elevator pitch. All right. So first of all, he's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about the Macho Madness. Yeah. This Talking about right. all the ways he's gonna get people excited. Uh huh. Yep.
0: Cream always rises to the top.
2: Yeah. Yeah, gonna keep my arms and my shoulders real high up on my neck. Uh Uh-huh. Make it look like I got a really small neck. Yeah! Gonna keep adjusting my pants and my sunglasses, even though I haven't been touching them this whole time. Dang it! Yeah! That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah,
3: I'm
2: all over the place. Okay, so... I miss him so much, you guys.
0: Dude, he was another one charisma off the charts yeah but but that's what i'm saying if you look at the, a lot of the current stock at wwe and i know y'all don't want to watch the wwe products so i'm not gonna be like well you know tell me who tegan knox is okay i mean yeah i know she's from australia i know she wrestled in the indies for a while in australia and then she wrestled on the Indies circuit for a while but that's just it that's not her character that's facts about her before she got to wwe A lot of people, if you'll notice, if you ask people who the character
1: is, they don't know. At least uh, Lexi Bliss has got something going on. Oh,
0: gosh. That's the biggest schizophrenic thing I've ever seen in my life. Like She was the cheerleader person. perfect. It's a character. Yeah. She was the cheerleader person for a while, and she went from being a cheerleader to the heel, the tiniest heel. I think she's like her and Selena Vega, like neck and neck for the two smallest women on the roster. And, like, it's just, like... But, again, it's, like... But, of course, she's doing the whole... They gave the fiend to me. You know, so now I'm gonna be the fiend. I'm gonna do the fiend thing. And, um... You know, so she... And, still, it feels like they're still trying to figure out what that looks like. Like, they still really don't know. Like, there's no concrete, like... Like, this is where we're going with it. Because they've made so many changes... Just before, before they even said Bray Wyatt's no longer going to be here, they kept making changes to it. They kept messing with it. So, I mean, it's just, it's, it's tough to say. So I think that's my biggest, that's my biggest thing I would want to pick. I want to see characters over scripts. I need to know who this person can be well. Like, I know, for example, and, and we've talked about this before, Dio Madden. Okay. Dio could be an awesome like fanboy type person going out there hitting the JoJo poses and stuff and just whooping up on people as, as in different things because so that's one of his deals, right? But they're not gonna do that. Oh, we're just gonna make him a tag team with uh, uh, with the You uh, the, 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 the uh, know, they're not even calling him that now, you know. And I kind of have to agree with McFoley on it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, Carrie and Carl should have came out there with his wife, Scarlet. They should have came out there with the rise and fall. They should have came out there with all the dark, brooding, crazy mysticism because at least I knew who his character was. He was a dark, mystical person. His wife reads tarot cards in the ring and predicts the future that he's going to beat the crap out of you. And then he beats the crap out of people. He's a bullet. Point him in a an direction and he destroys whoever's in front of him. That's the character. That's not a factual, hey, so, huh?
2: So at this point in the hypothetical, has Vince, like... Has Vince been able to, uh, like, wipe off some of the salivation off his mouth after being all like, it's all like, oh, these are all great ideas. We're not going to use any oh, of them. We're not going to use any of them. Well,
0: no, because he, I see in my mind he would never wipe his face because he'd just be sitting there going, like, I deposit this saliva... In the dream box. And every now and then, when I want to have better ratings, I sniff the dream box to remember these great ideas that I'm never going to use.
2: Vince, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Well, don't go out there and cock the fist, (laughs) Roman.
0: Exactly. Because Vince does what has worked in the past, Vince isn't going to explore outside of that every you can look at the the last five years of storylines and if you go back another five years beforehand he's literally recycling storylines from other stuff he's done
3: he's not doing
0: anything new and that's the reason why i would go after the hardest bread because i know he wouldn't care Mm. he would look at me and be like that was a great idea son i really appreciate your bravado i love your spirit you know what we're going to put you in a room with a bunch of other writers, and I'm going to look at your scripts, and I'm going to tear them up 45 minutes before the, before the event happens anyway.
1: Yeah. In my hypothetical, <laughs> it was just, which brand are you taking over and how are you going to fix it? That was all my hypothetical was. Yep. Oh,
2: I know. That's why you got to step in. You got to bring him back in, bro. I didn't. Yeah, uh, He was. I was just letting him go. You were just watching this wild stallion. It could tear up the yard. Yeah, you,
1: you I, li- I, 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 made a, a little enclosure for him. Yeah, and I was just like, "Go you play, left have fun." A salt lick in the middle. Yeah, put a salt lick in the middle. Yeah. yeah, if he wants to lick the salt lick, he can. Otherwise, he can just roam around and kick and thrash if he wants to. You can't okay. blow.
0: You, you can't blow up the fence and then expect me to stay in it.
2: <laughs> but we did. We did. Oh no, that's true. No, he <laughs> pulled, he hopped the fence. Fortunately, we. That's just a little enclosure. There's still the property fence. Fair enough. Yeah, he managed to stay in there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. He didn't get all the way out.
1: <laughs>
0: no. But yeah, that's that's what I would do. I'd go after the hardest bread, knowing that at the end of the day, Vince wouldn't care.
1: Yeah, because we already know what the problem is, and that's Vince McMahon. Yeah. Um, the the question is, what would you do if you got total control? Yeah. Yep. So. Yeah. That's I what think I think we do. we answered that. Uh, bro, I still would be champion question? again.
0: <laughs> 'cause I feel like Oscar would be to be champion again,
2: you know what um I kind of built off my uh my bigger question earlier. I was gonna see uh where we're clocked out at uh we're we're about two hours in two hours in? i mean that's not it. including the break we took well, okay I don't know why it felt like we were uh we were out there longer no nope well, all right um Shoot, did you have another one? I actually I still have, have one and it Left my brain.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, moving on from there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Will, because yeah. I don't know if we, if I ever got, like, the actual answer from you, because I, I hear a bunch of different things. Okay. But what actually, who actually is your favorite superhero?
0: My favorite superhero, bar none, is probably Superman just because of what he, what he, especially when I was growing up, what he represented, truth, justice in the American way. I know they've changed that a lot since then. And they've been like, well, we can't just say truth, justice in the American way because he's a hero for the world. But I'm like, especially as a kid growing up, watching my dad be in the military, watching people I knew be in the military defend America, I, I felt like he stood for the same things I stood for, even though he wasn't from here. And so there were a lot of times growing up where I didn't always feel like I was from this world either, even though I was born and raised here for reasons. You know, there were times where I wasn't treated very well and wasn't treated with a whole lot of respect as a as an American citizen because I felt like sometimes I was treated as less than. But uh, Superman was always there for anybody who, you know, was here and was willing to, you know, try to fight the good fight and do what was right and That was the reason why I enjoyed Superman the most. I mean, many other superheroes have come and gone since then, but Superman has always kind of been the standby, go-to
2: favorite. Mm -hmm.
1: So So if you would, uh, if somebody came up to you and said, I need, like, the definitive Superman story, which story do you give them to read?
0: John Burns Man of Steel run. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like it gives you just enough of who Superman is, but it also gives you a little bit of World's Finest uh, to where you get to see him interact with other heroes. I mean, there's a whole couple of episodes where literally it's uh, Batman and him chase after Magpie, who mm-hmm. was a villain that they created specifically in that series. And it's funny because in the... Uh, in the uh, public public enemy storyline, there was a moment where Superman actually says, "Hey, you remember Magpie?" And Bruce was like, "Yeah, yeah, I remember Magpie." No wonder whatever happened to those good villains. And Batman's like, "There's never a good villain, Clark." <laughs> but Magpie was pretty simple. I mean, she just she stole shiny things. That was her whole gimmick and so it's just interesting how they referred back to that but also kind of you know this bigger story where i mean you literally fighting almost everybody in the dc universe at some point i mean they fought the jsa they fought you know the, a lot of the bad guys that they referred back to that was so i would say that if you wanted to go back and see go pick yourself up the man of steel run by john byrne that i feel like the greatest superman set of stories out there I mean, yeah, somebody's like, "Oh, you could get All Star Superman." I was like, "All Star Superman was good, but I feel like Man of Steel was better."
1: Okay,
2: better. Tell me, William. Tell us for the for the sake of uh, this council and the rest of this courtroom. Who truly is your favorite wrestler?
0: Well, it's kind of hard not to go with Macho Man, but the problem is there's one other person that exists that I feel like I connected with even more so than Macho Man. And that was the Mac and Dream Dusty Rhodes, baby.
2: Oh, what, really? The Mac and
0: Dusty Dream. Dusty Rhodes. I'll
2: tell you why. Uh, that actually really surprises me. First it doesn't of all, surprise me.
0: Dusty Rhodes looked a lot more like me as the fat chunky kid growing up. I mean, even a macho man, yeah, he had a physique. His physique was almost created out of gar- granite. Yeah, it's carved out of granite. Looked like a muscle man, yeah. But Dusty Rhodes was the common man. Ah, uh. you know, he whined and dined with kings and queens, and he ate in alleys. He ate, he sat in alleys, eating pork and beans. And I believed him. Like you know, the the thud of a plumber who was just so sweet, you know, those type of things, like the Hard Times promo, you felt like that was something he went through. It wasn't just a promo for him. It was something that was real. And so I feel like I I love Dusty Rhodes more for that. I remember watching him back in Mid-South, back after Dick Williams' Magic Land. (laughs) I would watch Dusty Rhodes just talk people in the building. Watching his feud with Ric Flair, I remember how Ric Flair would come out there and we'd be like, see this Boston Celtics jacket? This Boston Celtics jacket costs more than Dusty Rhodes' whole house. And it was the feud, like it was the rich and powerful versus the common person. And so whenever you saw Ric Flair get in the ring with Dusty Rhodes, I wanted to see Dusty Rhodes clean that dude's clock. Didn't always happen. A lot of times Ric Flair would cheat I mean, it wasn't, he wasn't called the dirtiest, dirtiest player in the game just for what he's done over the last 20 years. He's been the dirtiest player in the game pretty much since he's been wrestling. I don't know that I've ever really seen Ric Flair be a good face. Like, he's always been a better heel. hmm You know, and so Dusty Rhodes, though, was that proverbial face. Dusty was always the common dude. He was always trying to do the best he could for everybody. And I mean the Dusty. fact, the fact that I mean Vince McMahon. You want to talk about dirty? When they did the gimmick for Dusty Rhodes, he didn't want him because of course Dusty booked against him for decades when he was in the territories. Dusty booked against Vince, so he he gets he gets Dusty and he puts him in the black and yellow polka dot outfit to make a fool out of him. He didn't do that because he was trying to promote his career. He did it because he thought he'd make a fool out of him. And you know what? Dusty Rhodes was the one man on the planet that made it work. And got over so much it wasn't even funny. Not many people could have done that, I do It's true. And so I honestly feel like Dusty Rhodes represented the common, everyday person. He didn't have the big, super shape. But buddy, when he got in that ring, you were rooting for him every time. That bionic like elbow hit, man, it was over. As far as I was concerned. Even if it wasn't, as far as I was concerned, it should have been over it wasn't over. But he rev that sucker up, he hit you with it, you were just and you hit the ground like boom. It's like you fell out of heaven. And it was mm-hmm. Dusty Rose to finish you off. He wasn't Dusty super flashy. Rose. He wasn't running around jumping off of jumping off the top of things. He was a grounded, pretty grounded wrestler. I don't remember him doing a whole lot of flying. But he could ground a pound with the rest of them. And that's why I think above um, above above macho man dusty Rhodes is
2: probably my all-time favorite matter of fact that's you, cool man i didn't know that
0: yeah matter of fact you know yeah. tina mentioned gifts giving and i know this wasn't a birthday gift but one year my pastor went to uh africa with our main with our main uh apostle over at our ministry and uh so minister taylor was home you know for that week or so and her birthday, I think, had come up and gone already. I think it was belated. I was at the pawn shop, and I just happened to see the Dusty Rhodes DVD box set. And I didn't pay a whole lot for it. But I was like, I knew she loved Dusty Rhodes. Cause she, she and I would talk about Dusty Rhodes because she was like, she was like, you lived around Tennessee, right? I said, yeah. I said, you ever see Dusty Rhodes on TV then? I said, yeah, I remember watching Dusty Rhodes. And so when I saw that DVD box set, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get that for her so i got it for her. i took it to church that that sunday and i took it to her and handed it to her. i said hey you can watch this while pastor taylor is in africa you know and he will give you something to watch and he's like oh my gosh it's dusty rose so she posted up on her social media at the time she was just like well my husband ain't here so i guess i'm spending the night with another man tonight and, and it was the dusty rose dvd was on our bed Dang. <laughs> and so of course Pastor Taylor messages me like,
2: What the heck? You, what the heck is
0: this? <laughs> I was like, it's Dusty Rose It's like, what's she doing? I don't know. You gotta ask her that. Like, I didn't know she was gonna do all that, man. And uh, so then he came back that next week. Well, of course, their daughter Deanna what came to church with him and everything. And so she comes, she goes, I need to ask you a question. So what's that? I said who is gold dust? I said, like, well, Gold mm-hmm. Dust is, you know, Dusty Rose's son. She said, yeah, I know who he is now. You don't know why? Because my mom sat down and watched that DVD box set three times during the course of the week. I was emotionally oh, nice. scarred because I'm sitting there looking at Gold Dust. And and again, Gold Dust was kind of a rip off of them trying to make a fool of Dusty. Again. Like, when they did that storyline near the end, whenever the boys were there, whenever they did that big tag team match between Goldust, Stardust, Dusty in their corner versus the Shield. There was, like, a lot of the stuff that he was saying was true. Like, when he was talking about, look, a McMahon has never looked out for a rose or dead in their lives here. A McMahon has always done everything they could to belittle us. But we're still here. And if you're telling me my boys ain't got a chance to win that tag team gold, then fine. But if they got a chance, you'd better be sure I'll be in that quarter. And Stephanie goes to try to grab him. She's thinking it's storyline. He just kind of slaps her hand away. And says, "No, no, no, I don't know where that hand's been." She, he had to explain to her later why he did that and why he really doesn't trust Vince. Like he loves Vince. He appreciates Vince as a businessman. But there was always that mistrust. <laughs> and she didn't understand that. I was just like, bro, like, when you go back and watch those promos, you realize a lot of stuff that was he was saying was for... Everything bit of it was real for him. And it's just beautiful. I mean, of course, you know, then he passed away. You know, he... Of course, a lot of people that are, well, what's left of them, that original old school class at NXT that was under him. Man, and you can tell the difference. If you look at some of the people like Ember Moon, when they let Ember Moon talk, she can talk. You know, when they let like, you know, of course uh, they were going to fire, you know, we were talking about, Bronze, we were talking about uh, Bray Wyatt earlier. They were going to fire Bray Wyatt. A couple of years into his thing when he was still being Husky Harris, it was it was dusty. It was like, you need to come up with a character that's yours. And that nobody else can mess with. And you need to be able to talk him in the building. You show me that, and you'll have a job for life. And so he slowly started developing this story about this young boy who had a sister in a swamps in Louisiana. And him and Dusty developed the character of Bray Wyatt. Those are the reasons why I love him, loved him as, a, as a wrestler, as a performer, as a booker. as all that. Because he believed in a lot of people that a lot of people didn't. He understood what it was like not to be believed in by a whole lot of people that he should have been. They fought for folks. So, yeah. That's why Dusty Rhodes is my all-time favorite.
1: Cool. I see that smiter opened up the floodgates there.
2: Oh, you did too earlier. (laughs) Yeah. And then you were all like, oh, just let him run. Just let him run.
1: Will. Yes. For our birthdays... You held us at gunpoint and put pencils in front of, in our hands and papers in front of us. And you were like, create a wrestler. Okay. So
2: And we gave uh, you Lobo the Wolfman and we gave you Serial Crusher. I honestly feel like, like Lobo the Wolfman as a concept is still very strong, but I feel like Serial Crusher has actually lived. <laughs> he became a real boy. Uh-huh. Will... What's your wrestler? Okay. Ignoring all the other like, it's like, oh, it's annoying when these people do this or when these people do this. You yourself be all like, this is what I like in a character as a wrestler. It's like, this is my ideal wrestler.
0: Okay, I can do that.
2: So, the
0: wrestler I would create would be called Dominic the Beast. Mm. And the idea with Dominic the Beast is and this is in real time, so imagine this. Prince Balor comes back to, raw, to to SmackDown, as he has, but Prince Balor has the, has a a huge, like Mark Henry-sized, butler-type person. And the butler-type person is very calm, he's very docile, he's very much a Prince, we have to make sure that we have these plans. And he's like, I know I'm going after the Universal Championship. He's like, I get that, but, you know, you just got back, you know, you got hurt beforehand really bad. You have had the Universal Championship, you got hurt. Uh, I just don't want to see you go through that again and end up having to rebuild all over again. You know, maybe start out smaller, win some stuff you haven't won. And it's one of those where it's literally a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing, but it's more like he's being pushed to becoming the Beast. Like, whenever, like, Roman with Roman, because Roman's currently feuding with Finn Balor right now. Whenever Roman and them are feuding with Finn Balor, they always hit, 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 hit the, hit the butler. They always beat the butler up, super kicks, chairs to the face, all that stuff. And so he's slowly just, like, and he's taking this, what, what looks like medication. He's trying to maintain his anger. He's trying to maintain his rage. And he's just, like, you know listen this doesn't seem to be going well and, and even Balor is just like you know look you're being too cautious you really need to just cut loose because all this stuff you keep balling all this stuff in it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt a lot you know you don't need to do that you just, you just need to cut loose you just need to get everything out of your system hit them with what you got to hit them with and then let it lie. he's like well sir I've never really done that before I said, well you know you ought to start trying and so they do a tag team match. This is the first time he's really in there, and he he starts off. He's he, he, he's very apologetic almost, like as he's in the ring, you know. He like he like he throws a he throws a clothesline and knocks a guy down. He's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to hurt you. Are you okay? And then like he just keeps getting hit and hit and hit. And as he's getting hit, he's like, Hey, I'm trying to check on you. I'm trying to make sure you're okay. And then they like they don't care. And You ain't in here for this. What are you doing? You ain't even a real wrestler. What are you doing in here in the first place, man? Let him get in here. At least he can wrestle. And over time, it builds up. And then, let's say it's at a pay-per-view. And like, Balor comes back as a demon, and he's going to town, and then all of a sudden, the Usos come in and get involved and end up getting a... Balor ends up getting a DQ victory, but what happens is, is that Donovan gets slammed through a table, and they just start throwing chairs on top of him. And it's just like, nah, we're going to keep him down, man. He ain't getting up. He, he don't even deserve to be here right now. He ain't getting up. And then Donovan's, you, you hear like a guttural, like, primal just scream, just, ah! you know. And they turn around, people stop. And like all of a sudden, he's just standing there and he's like ripping his shirt. He's just like, not, not Hulk Hogan, cheap pop stuff. Just he's just tearing the shirt off his body. And then like one of the Usos comes up to him and I told you to stay down, man. He just grabs him, choke slams him into the chairs. Like there's no reasoning with him anymore. Like he is done playing nice. Like the other Uso comes out there, he throws him out into the crowd. Just like one like not even like a pickup throw, more like a pounce from an uh, old boy that used to be in ECW for a short time. Monte Monte no, not Montezfor. Monty Brown. When he was in TNA, he'd do the pounce. So he'd come up and just run up and just BOW and just like knock him into the crowd. And then Roman's coming out there he said, you don't know who you're messing with. This is Roman Reigns. I'm the Problem Chief. And he just hits him with a DDT from out of nowhere. Like just drops him right there. And then Finn's looking at him. he's like, are you okay? He's like, the beast is fine shall we leave and he's like yes and so then like of course because he uses the name the beast Brock Lesnar shows up the next week and he's all like you can't use my name the beast incarnate you know he's all like you may be the beast incarnate but you're not the beast and so then it's like you, you slowly start seeing this merging of the two personas and he's no longer referred to as Donovan whatever his last name is he's just Donovan the beast And it just becomes this big old hoss of a dude that's just ripping through people. Like if you took Mark Henry and combined him with the speed of like a Yokozuna. And and the agility of like a Bam Bam Bigelow. Hmm. That would be what I want. I want a big man that could just do stupid stuff. Like jumps up on the top rope, flips out. Into the like into the table and like hit somebody through a table, like just splashes on top of water on the table, land on the table.
2: Does do you know if he has a signature? I
0: have the signature. Or a finisher. The finisher for him would be a uh, okay. Is it Bobby Lashley does kind of that stand that standing uh, power bomb where he has him kind of standing upside down for a while. And he kind of pumps it for a bit and then he does the does the slam out so i would have him on the top rope doing that hmm. and just land it and go immediately into a pinfall
1: big guys off the top rope are very scary
0: yep so that's what i want to do i'd want the beast just coming off the top rope and yeah uh, and the thing about it is, Brock Lesnar sets up for the F5 the first time he sets up for it, and he spins it out into a DDT. And he has different counters that he does from that position. So like, like, Brock Lesnar's confused. He's like, I get people in the F5 all the time. Why is this guy coming out of it, hitting me with these moves? What's going on? Like, this guy, I want him to be a big enough dude. He can throw a hurricane roll if he needs to. But I don't want him doing a hurricane roll every match either. You know. Yeah, I just big old a awesome wrestler that just handles himself in the ring. Like I thought they were, I thought they had something like that, Bronson Reed, and then they got rid of him. So we may see him again later in another place. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's the Bronson Reed was the closest thing to something I wanted to see in wrestling for a long time because, like, I love watching Bam Bam back in the day. I love watching Yokozuna. I love watching Mark Henry, especially when he came in early on. I love watching big dudes again because I'm not a small dude. Like I couldn't see myself as much as I love The Rock for his charisma. I couldn't see myself in that. Like I see Mm -hmm. myself in a dude that hardly had a neck in Mark Henry. You know, just would deadlift the planet. You know. So yeah, that would be my character. Donovan the Beast.
2: There you go. All right.
1: That's the end of my questions. Now we
0: gotta, now we gotta actually draw these out at some point. We gotta, if we when we do the the private the the, the uh, shows where it becomes sponsored shows where people pay to actually listen to them, and maybe once a month we ought to do like one of the wrestlers and do like a backstory. for We'll see, man.
2: <laughs> we will see. Yes. But did you have any more questions, brother? I thought that was a great one to end out on. If there we go to. then
1: thank you very much Will once again happy birthday it's a little
2: bit belated now but I mean it's extremely belated now thanks for not being mad at us
0: why would I be mad I knew we weren't going to be able to get together until then to do it so I mean hey it's still the spirit of it man and I appreciate the willingness to do it I have a question for you guys but I will wait to ask it later since you ended on such a great question I want y'all to be able to end on the question y'all asked so I'll ask that
1: question later okay so We'll let you go ahead and take us on out then if we're all ready.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you have just joined us for another uh, fun-filled, exciting episode of Conversations About Dot, Dot, Dot. My name is Will. I've been with the Rascal Bros. We've been talking about Matrix 4 and Trailer and Shang-Chi and a little bit about me. So there we go. And above all else, guys and girls, do me a favor. Be a blessing and a blessing to somebody. Till next time guys, take care.